My name is Sergio Mayora, El Segundo. Sergio Mayora, El Segundo. Surf number one. Thank you very much. Sergio Mayora is well known in many Chicago circles, and yet I had never met him before I stepped into the Greentown Tavern in Waukegan, an Illinois suburb roughly 40 miles north of downtown Chicago. I had seen pictures of him, so he was easy to spot at well over six feet tall, with graying hair pulled back in a ponytail, wearing his go-to outfit, overalls. Management let us use the upstairs area of the bar to talk, which at first I thought was so that we wouldn't be distracted by the afternoon pub crowd, but soon realized it was more likely so that our conversation wouldn't bother the other customers. Sitting across the table from Mayora, he came across relaxed and friendly. We briefly discussed the gear I brought to record our conversation, and he asked about me and the podcast. Mayora shared with me how Waukegan his home for the last decade plus, is like a little Chicago. As he went into his various tangents, as he calls them, Sergio Mayora got more and more animated, tapping on the table to emphasize his points. You may hear it in the recording. A little backstory on who Sergio Mayora is and why I drove north on a chilly Saturday in January 2024 to talk with him. Weed's Tavern is at the corner of Dayton and Weed Street in Chicago, just a block or two south and west of where Halstead, North Avenue, and Clybourne meet. Today, the area has an Apple store, upscale boutiques and restaurants, a Whole Foods, Dick's Sporting Goods, and an AMC theater. Of course, the neighborhood wasn't always like this. For decades, it was industrial. The 1910 Sanborn Fire Insurance map shows area businesses such as a casket company, Spielman Brothers Vinegar and Yeast Factory, various lumber mills, a second vinegar and yeast factory just a few doors down from the other one, furniture manufacturers, Bush and Gertz Piano Company, and a washing machine maker. The Peterhan Brewery, which later made Meisterbrau beer from 1965 to 1972, opened nearby at North and Sheffield in 1891 and remained in operation on and off for more than 80 years. One of the bars within a half mile of all those businesses, keeping the thirst of workers sated, would eventually become Weed's Tavern at 1555 North Dayton Street. The Chicago Tribune has listings for the building on that corner as a tavern dating back to 1915. The building showed up in the classifieds in March of 1945, where the person who made the post claimed the tavern was doing $3,000 a month, nearly $52,000 in today's value, and that the sale price included a grand piano and an air conditioning unit. The following month, the bar, which went by the name Peasant Inn, was fined for violating a federal wartime midnight curfew by allowing nine patrons to keep drinking until 2.20 a.m. By the late 1940s, the bar was called the Jukebox Inn. In the early 60s, it went by Mary's Lounge. According to writer Dave Hoekstra's fantastic November 2022 piece about Mayora, In the Chicago publication New City, in 1963, the location opened as the 1555 Club, catering to, among others, workers at the Seaberg Jukebox Factory just down the street. 
Mayora's Uncle Paul bought the 1555 in 1983, renaming it Weeds after the name of the cross street at Dayton. Back to Mayora's story. The Mayora family settled on the west side. The first house my father got was on Florida in California. It was a couple blocks down California. It, 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 it was mostly black for a while, you know. I mean, it, 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 was, it was a lot of uh, uh, Italians that... Uh, Puerto Ricans decided, but then later on it became all black. And then when we moved to uh, Florida, uh, it was pretty pretty much black. And, you know, little by little. And, and so it ended up, me, me and uh, uh, the, the Mayores and the Rangos ended up being the only, only Mexican family there that wasn't black. We thought we were the only black people that talked Spanish because I walked, I did, I, you know, we were kids. We, you know, I mean, you grew up, whatever your neighborhood, that's the way you do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Then you know, when we moved out, we went to 31st and uh, Keeler. And uh, that was back to, when we moved out there. Uh, 26th Street is not far from there. There was no there was no Mexican restaurants on 26th Street. Not one, not a one. There, there were no Mexicans there. <laughs> okay, we thought that the bungalow we moved in, we thought that was the biggest castle in the world. I mean, and you know, it's, it's just a little bungalow. You know, it's just like the schoolyard. You know, you you're in grammar school, you think it's a big schoolyard. You know, you got to run through here. It's a long. Then you go back, and you know, 30 years later, you look at it and say, what the. F- it's a little tiny, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, it's weird, you know. It's a weird thing. But, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was a great neighborhood. Sergio and I talked about his high school experience in Chicago in the early 70s, where he commuted to what used to be called Gordon Tech, a private Catholic school once located at Addison and California. From all black to going down Pulaski to California to Addison, and then, they, then they, uh, the whole white and everything, at that time... When I started, uh, there was uh, 2,000 students, and there was uh, eight Mexicans, and I think 10 black people out of 2,000 students. And believe me, they didn't like us. They didn't like that. that no one in the neighborhood liked this, and no one in that school liked this. They didn't like us at all, you know? And, and one, thing I, one thing that I'll never forget, and you know, I'm is good Italian people. They... Uh, I still to this day remember they they were the first uh, Italians the people that never treated me exactly like anybody else even though I was Mexican you know they didn't care if they did care they whatever they, they, they treated me exactly like anybody else you know and they were the only ones and I, I never forget that and to this day I still I still appreciate because because I, I needed that Mayor got interested in acting while in high school, appearing as Indio in Gordon Tech's production of West Side Story. He graduated in 1972. After working at a factory, a restaurant in the 3100 block of South Halstead, and a few other temporary jobs, Sergio went to help out his uncle at Weed's Tavern as a cook. During the five or so years before Sergio's uncle bought the bar, the neighborhood just west of Old Town saw changes. Not only did the Peterhan Brewery at North and Sheffield shut down in 1978, but two years later, the Seaberg Jukebox Factory, which employed 2,000 workers and was just down the street from the bar, declared bankruptcy. Sergio soon stepped out from the kitchen and began working the door as well as bartending. He was known to welcome first-time visitors to the bar with a complimentary shot of tequila. Weeds didn't have much in the way of money to promote itself, so Mayora began coming up with theme nights to get the attention of bar goers. 
1986, he held the first birth control night, hanging condoms from the ceiling. The following year, Sergio bought 40 dozen new condoms, which he passed out with literature about AIDS. Bargoers began to take notice. started one of the first weekly poetry nights held at a Chicago bar, and within a few years, poetry nights began popping up all around the city, including the Uptown Poetry Slam at the Green Mill. Mayora was known for getting up on the mic every week on Poetry Night, sharing the same two poems each time. Time Out Chicago magazine once called Weeds, quote, just plain uncategorizable. But a Publishers Weekly article from May 2001 described Weed's Tavern as being about cultural anarchy for a new beat generation. A 1989 Chicago Tribune article about Mayora included more about the theme nights at Weed's. In it, Mayora was quoted as saying, Someone came up with the idea of an Audubon night. I was going to hang stuffed birds from the ceiling, but I thought that would be too expensive, and I didn't think of cutting out cardboard birds. Well, in my usual garbage hunt down an alley, I found two boxes of women's shoes. So I tied it all together to make it Bird Brains and Stupid Shoes Night to honor the Audubon guy. Ever since, people have been hanging their shoes from our ceiling. We're the only bar in town that accepts donated shoes. An eclectic character, Mayora has been written about in the Chicago Tribune and the Chicago Sun-Times, and was even covered by Bill Curtis in a CBS2 news segment in 1989 when Mayora ran for mayor of Chicago. And I remember the last thing I said was, I had a, a Miller beer behind the bar. I go, let me serve you more than just a beer. That was my mayor speech for mayor. That was the last thing I said. The platform for his mayoral run was a candidate for the most overlooked people in the country, lazy people. To promote weeds and the events at the bar, Mayora started making posters. Lots of posters. His singular cut-and-paste collages were full of vivid imagery and tons of misspellings, but became easy to spot. He'd create the poster, then run over to Kinko's to make copies, and then he and his friends would find places around the neighborhood to post them, covering boards, street poles, and even the windows of other bars. The poster for his mayoral run includes, Mayora for mayor, advantages, he is not a lawyer, he's not a TV candidate, he runs a good bar. He went on to write, I promise to paint every single building downtown every color from bright red, white, and blue to black, orange, purple, pink, or polka dot, anything but the dead colors of cement and steel. The New City piece written by Dave Hoekstra about Mayara caught the attention of Trope Publishing, a boutique publishing house in Chicago that recently released a collection of Mayora's work. The book, Weed's Tavern and the Art of Sergio Mayora, contains 43 of those iconic posters and a lengthy essay about Mayora from his friend Dave Hoekstra. Actor Michael Shannon, known for his work on Chicago stages such as A Red Orchid Theater and Steppenwolf, as well as Hollywood films like The Shape of Water, Revolutionary Road, and Knives Out, was a Weeds customer and wrote the foreword for the book of Mayora's art, which includes the following. A basic, probably oversimplistic definition of what makes an artist great is that when you see their work, you know it's their work. You don't need to check the signature in the corner. 
Sergio's work does that, not only because his style is so specific, but also because his very spirit radiates from the colors, lines, shapes, and images he employs. I asked Sergio how he felt about such praise from Shannon. I said, I thought to myself, gee, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I go, yeah, that's a little bit too great. It's a little bit too much. Not that I'm humble. I'm not humble in the least. But um, I, 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 I was freaked out because he, he's, you know, I, 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 I liked it. I mean, I liked it because he was, I mean, he, he did what I can't do. I don't know how, you know, sometimes, sometimes people can tell you what you think of you know, or, or how you feel when you don't, you know, you can't, you can't um, put it in words. The big question and the reason we were meeting was how this book came to be. According to Mayora, not only did New City run Dave Hoekstra's article about Sergio, Weed's Tavern, and his posters, they used some of Sergio's posters as the background on the cover. Lots of eyes saw Sergio's work for the first time, and from there, things started to happen. Sergio estimates he made about 300 posters. Some were lost in a fire. About 80 were left behind in a cab. But he still has 130 or so, including the 43 featured in the book. If sales for the book are strong, he'd like to see more of his posters published. In addition to his posters, Mayara creates spirit boxes and was commissioned by Willie Dixon's Blues Heaven Foundation to make a four-plate spirit box for musician Carlos Santana. Sergio's work has been shown at the Ukrainian Institute of Modern Art and Intuit, the Center for Intuitive and Outsider Art Gallery in Chicago. I asked if in addition to the posters, poetry, spirit boxes, and music, there were other creative endeavors he pursued. No, notebooks. I've done about 300 notebooks. I started writing a suicide note. Became the longest suicide note in the world. Yeah, it was kind of like self-therapy, I guess they call that. And I kept writing, writing. I got addicted to writing. Later on, I just wanted to write even though I didn't feel bad no more. I just wanted, I, could, I couldn't stop writing. I wanted to know if he's ever considered writing a novel or even a play. I've been writing a, a musical. I mean, if, if you write, out of all the things in the world you're going to write, especially if you don't know what you're doing at all, and, and you don't have no, no, no experience doing this, you, okay, you want to write a play? Write a play. You don't try to write a musical. No. I'm trying to write a musical. Sergio retired from working at Weeds 13 or 14 years ago. His health, which has given him trouble since the late 90s, made it tough to keep up with the pace of that lifestyle. After a roughly 25-year run, I had to ask what, if anything, he missed about not being at Weeds every day. I miss the people. I miss the people. I miss the people. And they ain't the same people no more. You know, I mean, I miss the people. Yeah, I, 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 I miss seeing them... Um, I miss seeing them having a good time. I miss seeing them uh, thinking that they got enlightened or, or feel some kind of spirit or whatever, you know. I, I miss that. I miss that a lot. At a recent party held by the book publisher, a ginormous screen showed scenes from an upcoming documentary about Mayora called I'm Alive. The filmmakers had a crew there, capturing Mayora as he shuffled around the room, looking a little like, as one friend called him, a Mexican Sasquatch, greeting old friends and new fans, stopping to sign books as needed. 
The documentary includes actors Michael Shannon, Christian Stolte, Chicago singer-songwriter Ike Riley, and comedian-actor Hannibal Burris, who was part of the open mic comedy nights on Wednesdays at Weeds in the mid-2000s before going big time. Standing at the microphone, Mayora greeted the audience with a poem. First poem is called, uh, Does Anyone Remember? Does anyone remember such a long, long time ago when water came from blue skies and in the winter there was snow? When the sun was shining mornings and the trees all grew to green? When mothers still had children? When there were still some nature scenes? And can anyone remember how our families used to grow? We were brothers, sisters, cousins, and not just numbers in the world. Does anyone remember how we used to hear them songs? They came from distant record stations and not through wires in our ears. Does anyone remember such a long, long time ago? Does anyone remember? I do, I do, I do. Thank you. And even sang with the jazz ensemble. We may never, never meet again on that bumpy road to love. While we were in Waukegan a few weeks back, I asked Sergio, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give to the younger you? I'd say um, calm down and um, raise a family. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode about Sergio Mayora and the Art of Weeds Tavern. Special thanks to Sergio Mayora and to Trope Publishing. Check the show's notes for links to purchase the book, as well as to Dave Hoekstra's story about Sergio Mayora in New City. I will have images of some of Mayora's posters, as well as other things of interest on the Chicago History Podcast social media pages. As always, if you have questions about anything covered today or have a different topic you think might be a good fit for an episode of the Chicago History Podcast, send me an email at chicagohistorypod at gmail.com. Thanks as always to John K. Schneider for creating the Chicago History Podcast logo and the art used on the social media pages. If you need creative work done for a project you have, send him an email at angeleyesartjks at gmail.com. If you would take a moment and like, subscribe, and kindly review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and tell a friend about it. It helps me get the word out and reach new history fans and fans of Chicago. Get out and explore when possible. Learn more about whatever city you live in and stay safe. A little bonus for those of you who stayed past the closing credits. During our conversation, I left to use the restroom with the mic still on. Sergio gave me a little surprise while I was gone. Enjoy. Oh, 
Susanna, won't you cry for me? Don't you cry for me. Cause I come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. Cause I come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Cause I come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee.